Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry in for Zach Bingham today. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse, Nashville, the professional landlords in the area. Simply hit them up at renterswarehouse.com. Dot com Wilson County Hyundai make them a part of your car buying process of I going to see them in Lebanon or checking out what they have to offer at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Uh, Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, and Farm Bureau Health Plans, where Jack is a new member of the Farm Bureau Health Plan family. You get better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a plan for you at FBHP dot com slash a t o z so we talked about this some on friday jack that uh, as we were talking about pecorine his jersey retirement getting ready for the upcoming uh, stadium series game saturday night in nashville nissan stadium then you had the grizzlies back from the all-star break uh playing really well under john morant and behind john morant and the vols basketball team hosting a top five opponent in auburn who spent a lot of time as uh, the number one team in the country earlier this season. And the Vols had an opportunity to get a second top five win at home in the last couple of weeks after beating Kentucky a couple Tuesdays ago and then knocking off Auburn on Saturday, 67-62, a really strong performance from Tennessee. Uh, They were able to shut down Auburn defensively in the second half, get more offense in that second half, and be able to go on a big run. And you're starting to see Tennessee round into form at the perfect time as they only lost uh, what two games, uh, no one game in the month of February. Mm-hmm. They only lost one game in February and that was at Arkansas, which is a really tough place to play. Arguably one of the hardest places to play, but how do you feel about the Vols watching them uh, beat a uh, number, a top five Auburn team in Thompson bowling arena on Saturday? I'm pretty critical of the Vols. I'm pretty tough on the Vols. And I yes. was, you know, I expected, a bit of a drop off once Kumwa was announced to, to be missing the rest of the season. Right. The Vols are thin, uh, you know, in the front court, anyways. But we've seen Adu come in and, and kind of platoon for when Plasic and Fulkerson are in foul trouble or can't, or you know, uh, j- just not on the floor. He's done a good job. They've attacked the glass. They've performed a whole lot better since since he went down. They've won seven of eight, and you know, right now it, it, everyone's looking at, at everyone's tournament resumes and. And, you know, quad one wins are big. Where's your strength of schedule? Well, the Vols have the toughest strength of schedule in the entire country. Yeah. Number one in strength of schedule, number eight net. And they've got they, they've racked up some huge wins. And we talk about this. The committee also, you know, looks at teams, not just, you know, all the numbers and all the rankings and, and where you fall, you know, in your conference. They, they factor that in, but they also look at, you know, how has this team been playing lately? Mm-hmm. Seven of eight wins. You mentioned the Kentucky win. And, and after that win, I, you know, I, I admit, I was like, there's no way that this Vols team can beat Kentucky and Auburn in the same season. And they have an opportunity to beat Arkansas at, at Thompson Bowling Arena on Saturday. Arkansas is a really tough team as well. But it, so all the bracket, bracketology is a buzzword this time of year, right? We always hear the experts coming out with what they project. Uh, their brackets to look like and our brackets to look like. And so this is where some disrespect came in yeah. because Jerry Palm, who I think is one of probably, you know, top five Auburn, Jerry Palm's a top five bracketologist, if you want to call that right. <laughs> uh, but Jerry Palm of CBS had the Vols. This is after they beat Auburn. Jerry Palm had the Vols as a four seed and Joe Lenardi over on ESPN before the Vols beat Auburn had Tennessee as a three seed. So it doesn't make a lot of sense of what uh, the difference between Palm and Lenardi, because I'm curious to see what Lenardi comes out with this week after the Vols have the Auburn win. Tennessee plays Georgia uh, this week, midweek, and that should be a win. Then we'll see what happens against Arkansas. But I did find it funny, and I, I do think it's slightly disrespectful to Tennessee because what Tennessee has that no one else in the country has and can say is that they have two wins now over projected number one seeds, two wins over number one seeds in Auburn. Cause they just beat Auburn and they also beat Arizona early in the year. 
And Arizona has been a tough team too. And college basketball is going to be weird. But nobody else can say they have two wins over projected one seeds. Tennessee also has a win over a three seed from Palm's bracket in Kentucky. And so I don't understand where Jerry Palm was missing out on the Vols, but Joe Lenardi seems to have it right. He has Kentucky as a two, and he still has Arizona and Auburn both as ones. So I think a three seed seems more likely because, as you mentioned, Jack, you brought it up, Tennessee has the hardest uh, schedule in the country. They've played teams like uh, – they, they played uh, – uh, who is it? They played Texas Tech and Villanova in the non-conference. They've played some other tough teams as well. They've got to win over North Carolina. Their worst loss is either at LSU or at Texas. Like, and those, like they have not, Tennessee at seven losses has not lost to a team that's going to be a nine seed or below. They're yeah. all like top eight seed teams. And so, and they've all been on the road or neutral sites. And so you got to give Tennessee more credit for that. And teams like Providence, who have a lot of wins and not a lot of losses, you know, they're going to be, they don't need to be as high as teams like Tennessee because they have a legitimate, uh, you know, Tennessee has a legitimate schedule compared to the Providences and the other Villanova type teams and even some, you know, teams like, uh, you know, like, I guess, like Arizona in the week Pac 12, right? So where do you think Tennessee should be right now? Well, the the worst loss that they had, I, I don't think it's the worst loss in terms of strength of schedule because it was that Kentucky game where the Vols got well, drummed by about 30 because Kentucky yeah. couldn't miss the whole night. But you, you're true. right. I mean, the, the losses that they have, all seven of their losses have been against quad one teams. And what Rick Barnes and this Tennessee team has done so well that I think Auburn has struggled with is they've dominated the lesser competition they're 13 and 0 in quads two through four and we've seen auburn struggle against weak missouri and weak georgia and uh you know kentucky having some holes as well although i think they're the more complete team uh the sec when you talk about those top four teams you talk about auburn kentucky tennessee and arkansas they have a combined 63 and one record at home the home field advantages for all four of those teams have been insane. And the one loss, ironically enough, Arkansas dropped a game to Vandy early in SEC play. <laughs> so 63-1 and one for all of those teams. It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to be able to do on neutral site in Tampa Bay and also deeper in March once we get to the tournament. But the Vols absolutely deserve a three seed. I mean, anything lower than that I don't think is warranted, especially with how they've come on late. Uh right. You, so, you'd like to see them add a road win, you know, somewhere in the mix. Uh, well, they, they can't really. They, they don't Georgia. have that opportunity yeah. left because they have at Georgia and versus Arkansas. I think Arkansas at home is a game they need to win in order to maintain that three line and then make, you know, you get the double buy in the SEC tournament and you win a game or two. And uh, so that's a couple, to cure the three. A couple comments that I want to get to. Uh, G-Man says beating Kentucky isn't like beating Kentucky used to be, though. More common these days. I mean, what do you I, like? No, I'm that's Tennessee should get credit for beating Kentucky. Like this year's Kentucky team is pretty damn good. And Tennessee got it, got punched in the face at Kentucky. And then they punched Kentucky right back in Knoxville. And so I think you, you have to give Rick Barnes credit for how often he's been able to beat Kentucky, especially when they've had, you know, this year's team's a really good team. So let's ask this question. What NCAA tournament seed should Tennessee be as of right now? What NCAA tournament seed uh, should Tennessee be right now as we look at it? Jerry Palm has the Vols as a four seed. Joe Lenardi, before the one over Auburn, has Tennessee as a three seed. But real quick, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt life, know who to go to, know who you should trust. Again, boneandjointtn.org. They have over a dozen doctors they're at their Franklin facility, also have uh, other clinics in Brentwood, Thompson Station, and in Nolansville, and their doctors specialize in any type of joint injury you could possibly have. So don't fumble in your recovery. Go somewhere you can trust, boneandjointtn.org. You can also trust the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on your phone as soon as the show ends. Use that promo code that you see on your screen, A to Z Sports, A-T-O-Z Sports, you'll receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000 upon your initial deposit. Now, that bet, you can win it or you can lose it. If you win it, that's extra money in your account. If you lose it, hey, no sweat. You still have your initial deposit. All the money that you put in will still be there, even if you lose this risk-free bet. That's what's the beauty of it. Risk-free. 
up to $1,000. Download the BetMGM app. Make sure to use that promo code A to Z Sports because you don't get the risk-free bet without it. And get and start winning today. All right, so what should uh, the Vols seed be uh, right now? That's the question. What NCAA tournament seed should the Vols be as of right now with opportunity to still increase that? Christopher says four. Jeff says a four seed seems right. Orlando says three. Ed says three for sure. Ethan says three. Uh, Brent says three seed based on record strength of schedule and wins over North Carolina, Kentucky, Arizona, and Auburn. Uh, also wins over LSU, a win over Alabama. Uh, who else have the balls been able to eat, beat? We'll see what happens against Arkansas with an opportunity uh, there. Jacob says definitely a three seed right now, a chance to move to the two if you beat Arkansas and make a run in the tournament. We'll talk about the two seed thing here in a second. Uh, Jeff says uh, beat Arkansas and make a run in the tournament three at worst. Uh, let's see. Guy Man says three. Uh, G-Man says, I'm not saying Kentucky is a shell of themselves. Don't get confused because he mentioned Kentucky's not the powerhouse. Well, in, in today's days in college basketball, of course, Kentucky's not going to dominate like they could dominate in the 80s and 90s because more team, more schools have resources to compete like that on you know the, the bigger stage. And so you know nobody dominates. Like you're never going to see UCLA win 10 national championships in a in a you know a 15 year period. Like that's not how pro sports and college sports works anymore. And Zach Goodman, I'm with you, man. Anyone else have a rough weekend with BetMGM? Yeah, dude. I, uh, I Jack and I were talking about this at the end of the week. I was on an absolute heater for the last couple of weeks uh, until Saturday. Saturday and Sunday got me, and so I'm down uh, from where I was. But still, I was I was 21 and seven before Saturday and Sunday. So I, I got some work to do in rebuilding. So uh, a four seed from G-Man. Jacob says the Vols also won at Colorado, who will make the tournament with a win against Arizona. That's fair. Um, so, again, so Jerry Palm has Vols at the four, on the four line. Lenardi has them on the three line. I'll kind of go over. Here's Jerry Palm's bracket, Jack. The ones are Baylor, Auburn, Arizona, and Gonzaga. The twos are Duke, Kansas, Providence, Wisconsin. The threes are Kentucky, Purdue, Texas Tech, Villanova. The fours are Illinois, Yukon, Tennessee, and Alabama. I think the most egregious thing is having Alabama a four seed for Jerry Palm. Yeah, man, watching that Alabama team is frustrating. You, you mentioned it's frustrating to watch the Vols sometimes. Alabama, while they can, while they have the team, you know, that can shoot from the moon essentially and beat anybody on any given day, they also play so sloppily sometimes. Yeah. They turn the ball over like crazy. So yeah, I, I disagree with them being a foresight, but man, that three line you read off is loaded. I'll tell you what, what, what helps the Vols is that seven of the top 10 teams lost on Saturday. Seven teams went down that were in the top 10. I mean, so, so some of those guys are going to fall off before we get an updated uh, bracketology from Joe Lenardi. But Jerry Palm has him at the four. Now, I, I think it's going to be tough for the Vols to get a two seed, right? I don't know that that's going to happen. They'd, they'd have to beat Auburn or Kentucky one more time and win the SEC tournament, in my opinion, for them to get the two seed. That's a big jump from now until then. And, you, you know, we mentioned Georgia and Arkansas, the two they have left on their schedule. So you, if you win the SEC tournament, you could be looking at a two seed. Anything short of that, I'd be surprised if they were to get there. I do think the three line is right for the Vols. I think it's closer to the back end of the three line. I think there may be the third or fourth team on that three line right now. But again, they still have time to, to bolster their resume, get a better draw, maybe land somewhere out east or maybe in the south. So for me, it's a three seed, no doubt, right now. But again, they can't afford to drop any more of these games. If they lose to Arkansas at home, I think they drop back to a four. If they lose you know, to, to a team that is not Kentucky or Auburn in the SEC tournament, I think that they also drop back to a four. So the margin for error. Or Arkansas. Is- you know, if you lose to Arkansas in like the semifinal game, then I think that's legitimate. Again, if you beat Arkansas, if you beat Arkansas Saturday and then you lose to Arkansas, Kentucky, or Auburn in the SEC tournament, then you're still okay. You, well, you'll be sweating the three seed if you lose to Arkansas sure. in the SEC tournament. I think that'll be a bit more of a sweat. But right now, three seed's fine. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I've been really impressed with the guard play of Tennessee. And aside from Kentucky, I think the Vols have the most reliable backcourt in the SEC. Uh, Chandler, Viscovi, and Ziegler, you can trust those guys in late-game situations. Now, they're, they're not going to you know drop 30 on you, 
but they're very efficient. They take care of the basketball. Ziggler brings great energy. So does Chandler. They play great defense as well, and, and they're able to lock up some some pretty strong backcourts. And we all thought that, you know, the weakness would be this front court. Well, mm-hmm. in the last two weeks, I think you have to change that, that opinion a little bit because they've beaten Oscar Shibway in Kentucky and now Walker Kessler in Auburn. So even if they're matched up with a team in the, in the NCAA tournament with a big man who, you know, most teams would be afraid of, the Vols have proven that they can, you know, throw three guys at this guy. You don't have to have just one guy. The Vols have three dudes who can come in and rebound the basketball, play solid defense, and get, you know, an efficient offensive contribution from as well. So the Vols right now are, are rounding out into to a, a very strong team, one through five, really one through eight. They go deep on the bench as well. Uh, Josiah Jordan-James, he's going to be big in the NCAA tournament. Now, he's he's done a great job in rebounding since Kumwa went out. He's got to score a little bit more. Um, Rick Barnes, you know, he gets a lot of flack for having these five stars on his team and not doing anything with them in the NCAA tournament. And that's not just at Tennessee. That goes all the way back to Kevin Durant in Texas with DJ Augustine, all kinds of all kinds of talented players that Barnes has had. He's failed to make a deep run. If the Vols are able to end up with the three seed, they should cakewalk into the Sweet 16. I still have my doubts. I mentioned it on Friday. I still have my doubts in the NCAA tournament just because if the Vols have one off day shooting, I'm 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 struggling to to really believe in them to score enough points to get by. So for me right now, it's a three seed, a four if they drop it one to anybody besides Auburn or Kentucky for the rest of the way. But right now, if you're a Tennessee Vols fan, you have to be really happy with the way this team's playing. All right, so the the main difference in Lenardi versus Jerry Palm is how um, Joe Lenardi and Palm see Providence differently. Providence is the one team that uh, Palm has as a two seed and Lenardi has as a four seed. So that's where Tennessee was able to find that wiggle room mm-hmm. to go up from a four to the three. So I, I think if you look at the group of four seeds that Palm has, they're probably the best four seed in the group of Illinois, UConn, and Alabama. They've been able to beat Alabama. Illinois and UConn don't have near the schedule and the resume that Tennessee has. So they're really that one spot away from the three seed. And the one, the main problem that is holding Tennessee back a little bit from climbing in the seeding is the fact that in the group directly ahead of them, you've got Kentucky, Texas Tech, and Villanova. You've got losses to all three of those teams. Now, you beat Kentucky at home, but you've got losses to, to Texas Tech and Villanova early in the year. And so is, are those two teams kind of blocking you from jumping them on the seed line? But I, I do want to get to this. I do want to see what we think about how high can the Vols go. Because I do think there is a scenario that they can earn a two seed, but I want to see if we agree on the path Tennessee would have to take to get that. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better coverage, better rates, and better service with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Zach has been talking about this uh, since the beginning of the year when we joined up with Farm Bureau Health Plans, and he did exactly that. He got better coverage. He lowered his deductible. He got a lot better rates because it's a better coverage with a lower rate. And I think Zach's saving like 22, 23% a month on his health coverage and better service. There's nothing you can do uh, to, to beat out Farm Bureau Health Plans uh, service. And Jack can attest to this too. They've got over 200 locations across the entire state of Tennessee. So you can walk in the store. You can also uh, call them. You can go online. You can schedule a phone call or you can do via Zoom, whatever it might be. Farm Bureau Health Plans. It's hard to beat what they got going on. So check them out at fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. That's fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. The BetMGM app is one of the easy, one of the more easy apps to use when you're when you're talking about sports gambling. And just for new users, use the promo code A to Z Sports. But once you get in the app, once you log in, once you deposit your initial deposit and you get that risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars, you'll have no problem navigating the app figuring out which team you want to bet on, which game, which sport. They've got it all. So download the BetMGM app today. Use that promo code you see on your screen, A to Z Sports, and cash in on a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with your initial deposit. You win that bet, that's great. Extra money in your account. You lose it, all good too. You still have your initial deposit waiting for you to, to gamble it and maybe double it if you want. Uh, depends on what you bet on. But, 
Hey, download the BetMGM app. Use that promo code A to Z Sports for a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Let's start making money tonight. Yep, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee-only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligible requirements. Rewards issued with nominal trouble, free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days. And for problem gambling support, call Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. So, how, you know, and Mel and uh, I see some others. Mel uh, and uh, Orlando and Christopher are giving their ceilings for the Vols. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But the path to a two seed is can Tennessee earn a two seed in the tournament if they don't win the NCAA, the SEC tournament? Can they get the two seed if they lose in the SEC championship game? Is there any possibility of that? Yeah, you're asking me. I say no. Yeah. I say no. absolutely not. You no. think you think the only way they can get the two seed is by winning the SEC tournament? Yeah, I mean, once you get into that into those top three seeds, it's really hard to jump, especially this late in the season. And I know the Vol strength of schedule is really going to play play a factor into this, and and maybe that gives them the tiebreaker if they, if it's a close, you, you know, if you're debating the Vols versus Duke or the Vols versus Purdue. But to me, you have to win the SEC tournament to get to that two seed. You know, it, it's it's you're going to need some help as well. It, although if they win the SEC tournament, they should be fine. But if they don't, if they are to lose in the SEC championship game, they're going to need some help across the board. Uh, Big 10, Big 12, ACC tournaments, they're going to need a couple upsets in there in order to continue to rise. But there's just not a whole lot of resume building you can do with Georgia. And I know Arkansas is a good team right now. Lenardi had them at a six before they beat Kentucky this weekend. So they'll probably jump to a five. You can, while that is a good win, the double buy in the SEC tournament, you're only going to play a maximum of what, three games? Yeah. So you're going to have to find a way to beat Kentucky or Auburn in one of those three and maybe even beat the other in the championship game if that's what happens. So uh, it's still interesting to see the Vols still, you know, seeding in the SEC tournament. The Vols are tied for second. Uh, One loss back from Auburn, so one game back from Auburn. Um, But, again, Kentucky with Ole Miss and Florida remaining on their schedule. Auburn, Mississippi State, and South Carolina – I don't know that the Vols will win the regular season in the SEC. No. But the, they, they should have their sights set on uh, an SEC championship game. All right, so I want to lay out the scenario where I think Tennessee can get a two seed if they lose in the SEC championship game. So the only way is it, it, it's like the whole week 17 in the NFL playoffs of like you have to have all these things go right for this to happen. I think you have to have all these things go right for Tennessee to lose to Auburn in the SEC title game, because Auburn's already a one seed. You're not jumping Auburn. But if Tennessee beats Kentucky again in the semifinal, that's a way they can do it. But how, what else they also need to happen is you think about this. Only, you know, only one team in the conference is really going to rise across the board. So you've got Baylor and Kansas, right? Both in the Big 12. One, only one of those teams can win that conference tournament. So it, you want that to be Baylor, so then Kansas maybe drops down or equalizes itself. Then you've got uh, you've got the Big Ten teams uh, in Wisconsin and Purdue that are ahead currently of Tennessee. You'd you'd like for only only one of them can win the Big Ten. So you'd like for maybe Wisconsin to knock off Purdue, and then Tennessee can maybe climb that spot, right? And then you look in the Pac-12. Arizona, you would like to see Arizona lose. Actually, maybe Arizona win, right? Because you got to win over them so that could help out. So the only way you can get the two seed without winning the SEC tournament is you lose to Auburn in the championship game and you beat Kentucky on the way there. I think that's the help along the way. Yes. And then you have, oh, Texas Tech, right? Texas Tech cannot win the Big 12. You need Texas Tech to drop. Yeah, no, and you're so, absolutely right. So that's so you beat t- Kentucky, so you know, now you can leapfrog them, and then you have Wisconsin, Kansas, Purdue, and Texas Tech. Those teams slide down in their conference tournament. That's how I think they can get it. Yeah, only five teams to lose in Tennessee to beat Kentucky. But but uh, it's a tournament, too- so, <laughs> so you're gonna have those teams lose though, like. Everybody's going to lose except for one team in the SEC, one team in the Big 12, one team in the Big 10. And so you've got that benefit. 
And Ed here is saying that Tennessee will be penalized by the media if they don't win the tournament. First of all, I don't think they will. Uh, the SEC is a tough league. It's you can argue that you know it may be the best league going right now. The Big 12's got it. You know, got something to say about that. But the SEC is a very strong league, and if you lose to Auburn or Kentucky, you're not going to be penalized. That's not a loss that's going to drop you from a seed. Now, if you beat them, that's a case where if you beat them, you could jump. But if you lose to them, really no harm, no foul. So the Vols are in a good good position right now as long as they win out. You know, that, that Arkansas game at home is going to be a big one. I'd imagine the Vols are going to go all out. It's going to be the last home game for John Fulkerson, uh, which, you know, unless he finds another year of eligibility under his couch. Uh, I feel like he's 27 years old. But um, it's going to be a big game. You're, you're, you're going to be uh, – it's going to be a great atmosphere there. The Vols, to get the two-seed, I still say they've got to win the SEC tournament. For them to not win the SEC tournament would would really kind of blow their chances. They're on the like, like I mentioned earlier, they're on the back end of this three line. I don't think that they're the first three or the second three seed here. I think that they just crept into that three line. They're on the back side of it. They need some help, maybe a, a, a couple regular season losses from a couple teams in front of them to close out the regular season, and then those teams to not win the their conference tournament or really make a run. There is a that's shot. That's my point. That, that's there, my point. Because Ed says that's a lot of to... ifs, Austin. No, yeah. a lot of a lot of my ifs are going to happen. Like Kansas and Baylor, one of those teams, and Texas Tech. Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech. There is a chance that all three of them lose one more game. There's also a chance that two of the three, it will be two of the three, will lose. In those of those two teams, and those three teams are ahead of you. So even if you're on the backside of the threes, there are three teams ahead of you where they all could lose one or two, at least two of the three will lose. Then you have, uh, who else did I mention? Uh, the, the big 10 teams, Wisconsin and Purdue. There's a chance that both of those teams will lose one more. And at least one of those two teams will lose. So there's your four, right? That's your, your, you got five teams. All of them could lose and a minimum of three of them will lose. And if you beat Kentucky, there's your other team. So now there's your four spots. Here's the age-old question that everybody, and nobody remembers it until the until it happens. Sunday on Selection Sunday, does the committee really pay attention to those later championship games with the ACC and the SEC? That could hurt the Vols. That could hurt the Vols. Because uh, if the Vols are to win it, and, you know, say, say it runs a little late, and, you know, the selection committee has got to have their answer out at four, the game doesn't end until 315. I, I just think that that's, that's a huge disadvantage as well. And for a team that needs the committee to see every single last one of their wins and also some other teams' losses out there in the college basketball world, that could play a disadvantage to the Vols. Again, this is you know I'm nitpicking, but at the same time, this three seed just really feels to me like where they're going to end up. I, I don't see them dropping back to four unless they lose to somebody they're not supposed to. Um, or, you like know, Georgia. Like Georgia, exactly. Or whoever they play in their first SEC tournament game. Yeah, but but again, Rick Barnes and this Tennessee team hasn't done that all year. 13-0 and in quads two through four. They beat the guys they're supposed to beat. So I, I don't see that happening. I think the three seed is exactly where they're going to fall unless they win the SEC tournament. I don't know that they'll do that. And really, if you're the Vols, you don't have to go all out. You're pretty much locked in as a three unless you win it all. So uh, – I know Rick Barnes in, in Tennessee definitely wants to win this tournament, but again, you don't have to. You really just have to win that first game to lock in a three seed. Yeah, um, and you got to beat Arkansas because Jacob says if Tennessee wins the SEC tournament and beats Arkansas, is there any way they don't get it too? No, I think if no. if they win out, which is beating beating Georgia, beating Arkansas, and winning three games in the SEC tournament, you're sitting there at twenty six and seven, and you would have hit a an eight game a seven game win streak, including a tournament championship. So, and you would have beaten probably three or well, four ranked teams on your seven game win streak, including a three wins over top five teams like Kentucky and Auburn. If this all plays out, right? So you've, if they win the sec tournament and beat Arkansas on Saturday, they are a lock for a two seed. There's no way. They can't be a two seed. They'll get the two. You're right about that. And remember, the, the SEC tournament, we're going to figure out a lot between these four teams that I mentioned earlier with a 63-1 and one combined record at home. The Vols are 21-7, and seven, but when they're not at Thompson Bowling Arena, they're 6-7 and seven this year. So, it's again, in the same deal with Auburn. Auburn struggles on the road. 
We've seen that late in this season. Kentucky, uh, they're a strong team, but again, at Rupp, that's just a different advantage. Same with Arkansas. When you go up to Fayetteville, that's a really tough place to win unless you're the Vanderbilt Commodores. But, <laughs> you know, again, we're going to figure out which of these teams can really get it done without their home field or their home court advantage uh, kind of behind them and, and helping edge them, you know, to victory. So the Tampa Bay is going to be a big litmus test, not just for the Vols, but for Auburn, Kentucky, and Arkansas as well. All right, so uh, Ed's brings it that Tennessee's one and two on a neutral. He says natural court. Natural court. What is this, tennis? <laughs> no, a neutral court is what Ed meant. I understand where you're at, at yeah. there, Ed. But, yeah, the, the one win was over North Carolina, and the two losses were Villanova and Texas Tech. And they were both ugly losses. The Nova loss was right before the win over North Carolina back in November. And then they lost in December, early December, to Texas Tech in Madison Square Garden, where it took overtime for both teams to crack 50 points. <laughs> and that was a long time a ago long time for a Tennessee ago. basketball fan. This team has drastically improved yes. since those losses. And they continue to do it. Every time they go out there and play, I, you know, especially against Auburn, I was like, Walker Kessler is going to have 20 and 10 against these guys, maybe 20 and 15. But, you know, Jabari, it was Jabari Smith. You got to, you, you've, you got to worry about him. He's the number one overall draft pick, most likely. Vols did a good job on the inside, a better job just all around. Four guys in double digits. That's another thing about Tennessee. They don't rely on just one guy like Auburn does with Jabari Smith. They have a host of dudes who can give you 20 any given night. And we saw it again this past weekend, you know. Kennedy Chandler, Josiah Jordan, James Viscovi, and Ziegler, all with double digits. They're a deep team. They're a well-rounded team, and they don't rely on just one guy. I know that's been a thing for Vols teams in the past. You don't have a go-to guy down in crunch time, but I think with this team in particular, you can trust the ball handlers. Uh, Kennedy Chandler, Ziegler, if Chandler's not out there. Those are your creators. Those are the guys who are going to make your money in March. And, uh, you know, Rick Barnes has to trust this backcourt going forward. I know they're young. But man, they you know this is this is the the time of the year where those freshmen really start turning into you know sophomores. But uh, it, it, it's hard not to trust this backcourt right now if you're Tennessee. Yeah, and uh, I see somebody right here in the comment section. Uh, Chris says the Vols out rebounded Auburn. Oh, they didn't just out rebound Auburn. Did you see that stat? Charlie Burris uh, on on our website atozsports.com, who hosts our Big Orange podcast. By the way, if you're watching this show and you don't listen to the Big Orange podcast with Charlie Burris and Zach Reagan, you're missing out because they do great stuff every Monday. So they'll have a new episode out uh, tonight on our podcast network. But Tennessee didn't just out-rebound. Out, out it was 54-31. to 31. Yeah, they almost doubled them up. Dominant. Dominant on the boards. Tennessee had 21 offensive rebounds. Uh, Huntley Hatfield and Fulkerson combined – uh, for 11 offensive rebounds, which is the same amount of offensive rebounds that Auburn had as a team. So they were dominant on the board. So all these question marks about can Tennessee hang in the paint, it seemed, like they're not getting scoring from the paint, which is totally fine. Guard play is what helps you win in the tournaments, and Tennessee's got good deep guard play. And if you have big guys who can get rebounds and, and, and create second-chance points, then that makes up for the lack of scoring that you get down low. They're taking a committee approach to hitting the glass. Now that yes. Kumwa's out, the guards are coming down, and they're doing more of the rebounding. Josiah Jordan-James had nine rebounds against Auburn. So the small, maybe not your biggest guys on the court are grabbing all the rebounds, which bodes well for the tournament. I mean, to rebound, to be able to rebound that well out of the guard position is something a lot of these teams that you're going to be matched up against in March just don't have. The Vols have it, and they really took advantage of it on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. A to Z Sports here live. I see a comment here from uh, Jacob that I want to bring up because it impacts the next question we have. What is the ceiling for this Vols team in March? What is the ceiling? Not our expectations, not what our prediction is, the ceiling. What is the ceiling uh, that we have for this Vols basketball team uh, coming up uh, to, uh, in this March postseason tournament? Real, real quick, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com is where to go to, to see uh, what all they have to offer for you. And if you are looking for a new ride, uh, make them a part of your car buying process because it is it's tough out there to go find the new car and to buy a new car. It's a very competitive situation in the car industry with what we have going on. But Wilson County Hyundai is another name you can trust and a process you can trust because they'll help you out, find the right car for you. They're also not going to rip you off for those city prices in downtown Nashville Based in Lebanon, they will help you out. 
Payne Bone and his crew do a great job of making that car buying process as easy as could possibly be to go see him in Lebanon or check him out at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. BetMGM, the most trusted sports book you'll find. Use promo code A to Z Sports. You see it on your screen right there. You'll receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. 1,000 smackaroonies for free. And all you got to do is use that promo code A to Z Sports. So download the BetMGM app. If you're if you're a sports better, maybe looking to join a new sports book, switch up your luck a little bit for March. It's going to be a tricky month. But if you have that risk-free bet up to $1,000, there's room for error. You can either add that onto your initial deposit as extra cash or, you know, no skin off your back if you lose. You still have your initial deposit. But use that promo code A to Z Sports to take advantage of this risk-free bet up to $1,000 upon your first deposit. All right, so what is the ceiling in March? What's the ceiling? Now, Jeff Rubel, who's an Ohio State fan, he says the Sweet 16. I think the Vol ceiling is way higher than the Sweet 16. I think that's – if we're having a conversation of what is the goal – I think the goal is to reach the Sweet 16, but the ceiling I think is higher than that. Chris says Elite Eight if the front court looks like it did against Auburn. Uh, Brent says the, the the ceiling is Sweet 16, and Ethan Green says Final Four. I did see this from Jacobs says uh, Kennedy Chandler's free throw shooting is the biggest liability of the backcourt at the end of the game, and I don't disagree because Chandler has to be able to knock down clutch free throws. Um, but I think their ceiling is elite eight. I think they have final four talent. I don't think they have final four depth or experience. So my ceiling is elite eight. You said something that I disagree with. Okay. You, you said that the, the Vols goal should be the sweet 16. I don't think that should be the Vols goal. I think that should be the Vols expectation. The expectation is you get to the sweet 16. I mean, to, to be a three seed, we're talking about them being a three seed, potentially a two, if they're able to, you know, if, if all the, the stars in the galaxy align. But, you know, their goal should be to get to the Elite Eight. As a three seed, you're expected to make the Sweet 16. As, as a two seed, you're expected to make the Elite Eight. So the Vols fall in a th- as a three. Uh, they, they've got to at least get to the Sweet 16. Rick Barnes has had a, a history of coming up short in March. And, you know, even with his really good teams, he's not been able to really crack past that elite level, elite eight level. And I think the ceiling is the elite eight. The absolute ceiling is the elite eight. This Vols team, while they've been playing so well lately, it, it does still scare me. These, these you know, low 30% shooting nights that they've had in, in, in the past. They have one of those in March. It's, it's, it's the end of the road for them. And they've got guys who are efficient, but, you know, not really elite in shot making, right? Kennedy Chandler, very efficient, a playmaker, a creator. Uh, Ziegler, the same, the same way. Uh, in Viscovi, obviously, uh, just like those guys. I think Viscovi's going to have to carry you in March. Mm-hmm. And I know people are saying, "Well, uh, Kennedy Chandler, he's really stepped up. He's kind of you know molding into what everybody expected him to be, which is an NBA lottery pick." But Viscovi's got the experience. He's been there before, and you know he's had a hell of a year. So I think your your ceiling is the Elite Eight. Your expectation should I, be the Sweet 16. I agree. I agree. If the, if Tennessee does not make the Sweet 16, I will be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Very disappointed. And, and so, okay, this isn't the question we've asked. But if Rick Barnes fails to take Tennessee to the Sweet 16 this year, I mean, does that seat heat up just a little bit? He's older, and, you know, you look around the SEC, there's a bunch of young coaches doing great things. The must bus at Arkansas, Nate Oates at Alabama. I mean, you've got Calipari. He'll he'll be there. He's got the lifetime deal up there. Yeah. And, and Bruce Pearl, obviously. I mean, he's sending guys to federal prison every five years with his assistant coaches. But um, it, does the seat have to heat up a little bit for Rick Barnes? Uh, I mean, I just don't know where else Tennessee would go. And, and like the Rick Barnes contract is is I, I don't even like it. it may, you add extra pressure, but is Rick Barnes in 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 jeopardy of losing his job? If they don't reach the Sweet 16, no. But there's definitely pr- a lot of pressure on next year because he keeps recruiting really well mm-hmm. and y- he keeps getting these great players and great athletes. And they had two first-round draft picks last year and they lost in an ugly, ugly fashion to an Oregon State team in the first round. I, I think oh, yeah. they have to – they definitely need to reach the Sweet 16. But I don't think you can say heat on – 
Barnes, but definitely some added pressure. Okay. Because he's not in jeopardy of losing his job. I don't know. I, th- I think the, the, the car warmers start turning on a little bit if, if he doesn't make it to the Sweet 16. I, I, th- I think there has to be. I mean, when, when you've come up short in the tournament like he has consistently since he's been at Tennessee, uh, aside from the year that Carson Edwards at Purdue team knocked them out, um, mm. th- you've got to have you've got to have a little. Pre- I mean, you've, the Vols are a, a top three program in the SEC right now, and they may not be three. But you've got but, to have success in March. That's how you judge a head. I coach. know, and here's That's the how you and, judge and, a tenure. And Chris is Chris nailed it. He says uh, Barnes isn't getting fired even if Tennessee goes one and done. And he says as long as he's beating SEC rivals, he ain't getting fired. That's the crazy thing is he's been able to beat Kentucky on a consistent basis. Like the reason why G Man earlier in the show was saying beating Kentucky isn't like what it used to be is because Rick Barnes is consistently beating Kentucky, and so now it's expected. Beating these big other bigger name programs. It's been great uh, for Rick Barnes in Tennessee. But, yeah, they, they have come up short in March over the last, you know, really, his entire tenure in Knoxville. That the Carson Edwards-Purdue oh, game is just – and then I forget the other guy, Klein. Ryan, Ryan Klein. Ryan Klein. I mean, screw that guy. What is Ryan Klein doing right now? <laughs> I, like, Ryan Klein had no basketball future. What the hell was he hitting, like, eight threes in that game for? And so, like – and then Purdue obviously beats Tennessee in the Music City Bowl just to make that – you know, post bowl game, postseason rivalry, be a little stronger, which I find interesting. But yeah, and that game hurt a lot because that team was insanely talented. But this team is too. I just don't think they have the depth to get to the Final Four. But yeah, you've got to get to the Sweet Sixteen if you're Rick Barnes this year. There's no excuses. I'm with you, but the, again, the ceiling. I think that the ceiling is the Elite Eight. Agree. Uh, while while they are expected to get to the Sweet Sixteen as a three seed, you're expected to get there. But As a, really, in, in any situation they land, if you're a top four seed, four. You're, you're expected yeah. to get there. And yeah. so the hard thing is if you're a four seed, can you knock off one of these ones? Mm-hmm. And Tennessee has shown, Tennessee has beaten two of these number one seeds this season in Arizona and in uh, Auburn. Yeah. So, I mean. You can't argue with their wins. When you, if, you're, if you're looking at this Vols team trying to find a hole you know, in, their, in their resume, it's not who they've beaten, and it's really not even who they've lost to. Uh, it's, it's just the consistency that we've seen out of them. You know, Early in SEC play, it was up and down, right? They put in good, good performances, and then they'd come up with a stinker. But uh, lately, seven of eight wins, the only, the only loss in that mix, I think being to Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, at Arkansas. So, uh, you know, they, they're playing really well right now. It, you know, it, it, you asked me this question a week ago, even two weeks ago. I'm saying the ceiling is the Sweet 16. But they've kind of they, – they've, they've brought forward some answers to my questions about this roster and how they're going to play uh, in the post without Kumwa. And, I, you know, whether it's Huntley Hatfield, whether it's Plopsich, whether it's Fulkerson, whether it's Adu, they've got enough bodies there to where foul trouble really doesn't matter, right? You can come in and this guy can, you know, pick up 3,000 in the first half. They've got another guy right behind him that can do just what he does. Fulkerson's more of an offensive presence than the rest of them, but they're all really big bodies. And if they play solid defense in, in March, then I think this team can go as far as your shooting will take you. And that, that you know, that's the big question we have about this Vols team is can they shoot the ball well on a consistent basis? We'll find out here on neutral, especially on neutral sites uh, in Tampa Bay. But right now the ceiling for me is the Elite Eight. I agree with the ceiling there. I think they have talent for Final Four. They don't have the depth, in my opinion. Like they don't have the reliable. Like if they can only play like seven guys uh, on a consistent basis, like actual like legitimate minutes, uh, and so they without without come well, like you're saying. So we agree on that overall. A to Z Sports here live on this Monday. Jack Gentry in uh, for Zach Bingham. Zach will be back tomorrow, and we also have a big A to Z Sports announcement tomorrow on the Tuesday show. Uh, so get ready for that. But before we wrap up this Monday show, we have to talk about uh, – we actually have two announcements for tomorrow. Um, anyway, but that sidetrack, side tangent in my mind. But we have bad sales job to get to to wrap up this Monday. Uh, but real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at Renters Warehouse. Simply check them out uh, at RentersWarehouse.com. They can do a bunch of different things for you by creating extra cash flow for you and your family. Uh, they – help you get that long-term equity that can help you build long-term wealth. And they do all the work for you. They manage your rental property. Instead of you selling it, you get to to earn that and long-term wealth over time. And you don't do any of the work. They're the landlords. You're not. 
They do it all, literally the tax paperwork to uh, the maintenance calls at whatever hour of the day, renterswarehouse.com. Don't waste any more time if you've not downloaded the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Download that thing. Use the promo code you see on your screen, A to Z Sports, and you'll receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000 upon your first deposit. There is no other sportsbook out there that has an offer like this. Use that promo code A to Z Sports. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Remember, risk-free means if you lose, it doesn't come out of your actual account. Okay, this is a risk-free bet. They're adding money on top of your account. They want you to start off hot. They want you to win money off the bat. So take advantage of it. They're handing it out to you for free. Just make sure you reach out your hand and take it from them. But you can only do that with the promo code A to Z Sports to cash in on that risk-free bet up to $1,000. Bad sales job here on uh, this Monday with Jack and I. How it works is we each give the other a bad sales scenario uh, where we have to do our best sales job performance and we only have 30 seconds to make our sales pitch and you guys get to vote on who you think is the winner. Jack, I will let you start by giving uh, it to me first and then I'll follow up with you. Okay. So my question stems from uh, the Jawan Howard and uh, Greg Gard incident a couple weeks ago. Uh, okay. we, we saw, you know, uh, in, in the handshake line, a fight pretty, pretty much bro- really a brawl broke out. Um, so my mind to you is, and I, you know, in today's health times with COVID and everything going around, I want you to explain to me why the handshake line in sports is absolutely necessary right now. All right. Explain yeah. to me why the handshake line has to stay is absolutely necessary. You should shake everyone's hand after the game. All right, you, have clock, ready. you have your clock ready? Yeah, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Drink that water. Come on. It's going to be a big 30 seconds. I think the handshake line in sports is still one of the best things we have about sports because it able it is able to bring everybody together. There's so much fighting and jawing that happens and back and forth on social media that creates a lot of toxicity. But the handshake line, after a long game of whatever sports you're playing, the handshake line still brings back that sportsmanship, and it's something that should always stay. And it look, with COVID, it's okay. You just played a whole game against each other. You can go through a handshake line right, right afterwards anyway. I hate the handshake line. I think it's ridiculous. And you see fights like that happen. I, I just don't understand. It seems like just – why not just, you know, do, do what Kentucky does. Just give them a wave. Hey, good game, guys. Really appreciate you. I'll see you next time. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I think the handshake line, especially when you see incidents like the one in Michigan and Wisconsin, is, is kind of ridiculous. Okay. So, uh, Jack, you have to sell me on why you prefer 40-degree weather with rain instead of of 70 degree weather with no rain. Okay. I'm ready. 40 degree weather with rain is better than 70 degree weather with no rain. Uh, I will start the clock on your first word. 40 degree weather with rain is much better than 70 degree weather without rain, especially for me, because that means I can sit inside and get all of my work done. I don't know why, what it is about the rain and the cold, but I'm staying inside all day long, sitting in front of my computer until my eyes bleed from typing stories. So I, that is why I think that the rain helps me, especially because, you know, all I got to do is sit inside. I can work from home, get everything done from my computer and, and really be more efficient. If it's 70 degrees and not sunny, I'm going to want to go outside and just walk around. I'm going to see a dog being walked down the street. I'm going to want to chase right, after done. that dog. Okay, interesting. All right, who won? All you got to do is say Austin or Zach or Austin or Jack, excuse me. Austin or Jack, Jack or Austin, who had the better bad sales job performance? Uh, G Man says uh, no insects at 40 degrees. That, that would be good a point, good sales no mosquitoes. Yeah. Uh, but who won this one? I, I don't think uh, neither, neither was great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, Alex, hey, Alex Bynum. Says Jack. Okay, that's good. That's one to nothing. Uh, keep those coming in. I don't know. Are you with me on the handshake line, though, or do you think that that's absolutely a staple that they can't it, get rid of? It, I, I think it's fine. 
it does not matter to me. Like I, I have zero passionate emotions or feelings towards the handshake line. So uh, I'll say this. The I think only- it's ridiculous when people get in fights at the handshake. Yes. Line. Yes. But the handshake line, the, the only handshake line that should stay is the hockey handshake line after a series finishes, because you just beat the hell out of every single player on the other team. And they did the same to you. And you know what? Bygones are bygones. Give me some knocks. We'll move on. See you in the next round. I think that handshake. Or see you makes- next season for the team that. <laughs> yeah, but like especially this late in the season, if you know, I, I know that everybody's you, you know got their opinion on COVID, but in college basketball, we saw last year, you know, they they instituted a rule that if your team you know catches a case of COVID, then you could be you could you could have to forfeit that game. I think at this point in the season, it's too late for teams to even risk that. I think the thumbs up, walk to the locker rooms, and be done with it. I, I think, think that's the approach. The, the reason why it works in basketball is because like your, your, your sidelines are on the same side. So you just cross over the coaches come handshake and everybody follows afterwards in football. I like the flood, the field and just like, you know, just go both teams just say, okay, we're just going to go mingle and say, Hey, to whoever we want. It say should be hey optional. To. It should be optional. Not everyone get in line. Let's do this thing. Touch everybody's sweaty hands and let's move on. Like, I, you know, I, I get it. You know, you just played a hard-fought game, and you made a good point. I always liked I always liked the handshake line. By the way, Jack won. I, I, don't, I didn't get a single vote for mine, so Jack wins. But uh, Jack wins a bad sales job. But, like, I liked the handshake or the opportunity to go, you know, talk to the guy that I went up against after the game. I, I liked it. When I was no, playing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I liked that. And so that's what the handshake line gave you. All I'm saying is in college basketball now, especially when March is coming, that it, it just may – be an unnecessary uh, just because of the way college basketball rules no, are and fine. the COVID it's thing. Fine. It's but fine. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Juwan Howard, the guy that Juwan Howard punched in the face, may agree with me. Well, I mean, look, that's grown men. Grown men being idiots is what that was. <laughs> so you can't guard against that. Grown men will be idiots if they're going to, and they will always will act like idiots at times. Yeah. So there you go. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this Monday show. We are out for the for today. Uh, we do have. A big major announcement tomorrow on the show. Very excited about uh, what that announcement's going to be, so get ready for that. Uh, Buck Rising live tonight, 8 to Z Sports Primetime at 8. Don't forget the Big Orange Podcast has a new episode out uh, later on today on Monday on the 8 to Z Sports Podcast Network. If you're a Preds fan and you want to learn more about what that experience was like on Saturday, Alex Doherty and the On the Preds podcast has a new episode out as well. Alex was there at Nissan Stadium covering the game for us. So we'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great rest of your Monday. Appreciate it.